Do you have an inquisitive mind? Where do you go for answers? Imagine if the natural world held an answer to every question. Welcome to the Flowerhood Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Frankpitt. I'm on an orchard growing avocados and there's something going on. The more time I spend in nature, the more I learn about myself. Is it possible that until we connect with nature, we never truly flourish in our relationships, community, businesses, or health? Oh boy, this is no ordinary gardening podcast. Join me at my kitchen table for wide and varied conversations with old and new friends from around the world. I'll be asking questions on how they connect with nature, what the research shows us, and look for ways we can incorporate these learnings into our lives. Let's get started. Kia ora. Thanks for joining me. Welcome to the Flowerhood Podcast and great to have you here. It's kind of a little bit of an odd night because I actually taped my podcast yesterday and uploaded it, got it all off. And and then I kind of went back to have a bit of a re-listen this morning and I couldn't get the sound to work. So I hopped back into GarageBand and I can see my podcast, but I still couldn't hear it. So I don't know what happened. And I'm really trying to kind of just take it all in my steed and say 2021, you know, sometimes you just let it be, perhaps there's actually something better out there. And then that kind of got me thinking, because it was just this most beautiful evening here on the orchard. And I actually had a little bit of an experience that really made me start to think about empathy, empathy in nature. So I thought, oh, why don't I just kind of change tack and, and, and do a different podcast? So this is a little bit off the cuff and and it'll probably be a little bit jumbled, but Sure, you can deal with that. Thank you very much. <laughs> so what happened this evening was I heard this commotion on the orchard and it was my chickens and I was a bit concerned. So the sun was setting and the girls love to think about getting up on their roosts, which actually is the avocado trees because um, my chickens have shunned their Hilton-like a-frame designer chook house and now embrace nature, the great outdoors and perch up in the avocados. Not my original intention to have them doing that, but that's what happened. So when I heard this commotion and I was immediately on edge. Ever since I lost my beautiful boy, Billy Holiday, the rooster, to the neighbor's dog, I've been very kind of aware of when I hear the chickens making a lot of different sounds. And I can't remember if I actually mentioned what happened on that podcast because it was actually an awful day. So what happened was it was a Saturday morning, another beautiful day because it's always beautiful days here in the Bay of Plenty in New Zealand. Another beautiful day and I went off to my yoga class and I came back from yoga and I was just floating on a cloud as you do, very at one with the universe, with peace and love and serenity in my heart. I got out of the car and I sort of saw over near the clothesline something 
lying down and I thought, oh, oh, if I drop something off the clothesline, it looked like a bit of clothing or something and a bit of a heap. I was lying in the grass. I didn't really know what it was, but it was definitely a sort of a mound of a darkish colour. And then I went to investigate. And as I got closer, I still couldn't think what it was. So I had to get really close. And then I had the shocking, shocking horror of seeing my beautiful rooster, Billy Holiday, named because he did holler all day long. He was lying there, headless. Headless. Oh my gosh, instant state change. The dulcet tones of my Kundalini mantra chanting, still pulsating through my body in waves of universal energy, came basically to an abrupt halt. (laughs) And then I spotted in the distance the neighbor's white boxer skulking off through the trees. Now, I don't know what happened to Billy's head. I will never know. But I buried Billy in the garlic patch. Blood and bone replenishes much-needed nutrients to make your garden thrive all year round. It's a great source of phosphorus. So he, well, something beautiful came out of it. And I guess while I'm at it on this bit of a wave of sad news that I'm breaking, the other sad news is Betsy, who I definitely have mentioned in one of my podcasts. She's a, a brown shaver chicken. Beautiful Betsy, the smartest, most intelligent brown egg-laying chook you would ever have met. Well, she is no longer on the material plane either. And I like to think is now feasting in the Garden of Eden. May she rest in peace. So anyway, back to last night. So I kind of heard this commotion and I thought, oh my gosh, I've got to go and check on that. What's that noise? My current chooks consist of Lola, who's a white aracona, and she lays very beautiful blue eggs. I have Liza Minnelli, who's a little black and white spotted bantam, who lays really tiny white eggs. You need about three of them to equal one normal egg. And Lucille Ball, uh, who is the daughter of Lola, so a aracona cross. She's sort of a gingery colour and she lays this kind of a bluey green egg. Now Lucille Ball about eight, nine weeks ago was really clucky and was sitting on a whole hatch of eggs, which because I have no roosters left, we're obviously never going to hatch. So what I did is I, I went out and bought for her two little relatively newborn chickens. And um, they were silkies crossed with aracona. And they're really cute. So Lucille, this is first time motherhood. So she'd been sitting on these eggs for a week. And what I did is I like just slipped these little chicks underneath her. And it was instant delight. Honestly, it was just the miraculous conception happened. She accepted it totally and took to her new little offspring, as though they were her own, which is fantastic. So that was all cool. And and I had them in a, actually in a little spare chicken coop as they were growing. And then once the little ones were kind of big enough, I'd started to let them out for their daytime adventures. Unfortunately, this is where Lucille's first time mother experience did let her down a bit because she actually managed to lose one of the chicks and 
never seen it again. However, one survived, and that one is called Zaza Gabor, and it's very cute. So Lucille's parenting skills are a little bit haphazard, but you know, as a surrogate mother, she's not doing too badly. So anyway, here's the problem. My chickens have shunned their chicken coop and decide to now sleep in the trees every night. Well, this is a problem for Zaza because Zaza is a little bit too small to get herself up into the tree. And I have actually noticed the mother kind of bellowing out a few instructions and things, but not with any patience at all. And, And Zaza's kind of been a bit flustered about it. So when I popped my head out the window to see what the commotion was, expecting to see my cat. Oh yeah, now that's another point I should probably bring up. My cat, Braveheart, it's got some sort of obsession with the chickens. And I don't quite know what the outcome is, whether it's play with them or prey. And I don't mean religious praying either. I mean P-R-E-Y. Another thing that's sort of leaving me a little bit on edge. So anyway, I kind of ran out, had a look to see whether the cat had got a chicken, whether the dog had got a chicken, whether anyone had got a chicken. And instead what I saw was the most beautiful sight, which was Lucille, the surrogate mother, up near the top of the tree, ignoring the fact that little Zaza was wanting to get into the tree. However, Liza Minnelli, black and white bantam, she had stepped in. And I've got one avocado which is nearest to my window, which has quite low branches. And Zaza was teetering on this little branch while Liza Minnelli clucked out instructions. She then sat next to her, kind of chirping away words of encouragement. (laughs) And then each time Zaza would fall out of the tree, Liza would just kind of gently like cajole her back up again. And she'd come back up and then sit next to Liza. I mean, it was incredible. Now, if you described that scene to me, I wouldn't believe it. But it's true. It actually happened. And they were kind of chatting away and and Zaza wobbling away and Liza just sort of hanging in there with her. It's kind of funny, actually, isn't it? Because I would have expected a chicken to be born knowing how to perch. But obviously it's something that some chickens need to learn. So Zaza, she's such a sweet little bird. She's got this black small head, but then this enormous large bouffant on top of it. So she looks like someone has just kind of popped a Cossack style hat on top of her tiny head. So for me, there's always a lesson in everything in life. I mean, there was one lesson, which is number one, not everyone is destined to be a good mother. Because frankly, Lucille Ball has dropped the ball on that one. She neglected to encourage and cajole her offspring into performing a very important task, a life-saving task. So that was her management style. She was a mummy manager, barking out instructions, but not really being very helpful. Whereas Liza Minnelli, on the other hand, I would say is a mummy leader. She had empathy for Zaza. 
she knew Zaza was scared and she knew Zaza needed support. She encouraged her. She was patient when she failed. She sat beside her. So animals do show empathy. And there's really something truly magical about watching one chicken help another. And then that made me think about, I don't know if you saw this last year, but there was a photographer called Tobias Baumgeitner, and he did a photo of two penguins in Melbourne on the St Kilda Pier. And they showed it in a lot of newspapers. I think it was kind of about November, December time in 2020. I know it was in BBC and and other other publications around the world. Tobias was um, one of the winners of the Oceanographic Magazine Ocean Photography Awards. And the photo was taken at the pier, and it's two penguins, an older white-coloured female and a younger, darker-coloured male. And the male has his flipper around the back of the female in well, only can be described as kind of like a comforting embrace. And they're looking out towards the coloured lights of Melbourne City. It's a very moving photo. And the story behind the penguins is probably even more moving. So apparently, both penguins had lost their respective mates. And then what they were doing is they were meeting up regularly at the pier and comforting each other. They had empathy for each other's loss. What an incredible story. I honestly have to say I cried when I saw the picture. These beautiful fairy penguins, they're like the smallest penguins in the world. And there's a colony of about 1,400 of them who live at the St Kilda Pier. And there we have it. Empathy, empathy in nature showing up again. Empathy when you experience someone else's feelings, you walk in their shoes. We pay less attention to our cognitive function, the intellectual understanding that would lead to an emotion like sympathy, and instead embrace empathy. Because let's face it, why did Liza Minnelli show empathy towards Zaza Gabor? I mean, she had no reason. She wasn't the mother. She wasn't the surrogate mother. And yet there was something that made her reach out to her, support her, have her back, instruct her, allow her to fail. And why did those two penguins form that friendship? They must have had empathy towards each other, even just to recognise the fact that each had lost its mate. And I can't help but think about what Jim Palmer said. He said, have compassion and empathy in your heart. Many people are suffering deep emotional anguish beneath the surface of their lives. And smile even as they hurt inside. Have that compassion and empathy in your heart. So I think about Lucille as a mother, not a very good mother frustrated, shouty, happy to fire out commands, but basically lacking in empathy. And it's a trap we fall into. I mean, have you ever had one of those bosses who fires out commands, gets frustrated, and then they go and grab the work off you and say, oh, I'll do it myself. I might as well. I've had it done to me. And also, I admit I have done it to others. I've been a poor leader. I have lacked patience. 
I also know it's not easy. You know, you're often given a role and though you're trained to do the actual physical work of the job, you didn't necessarily get trained to lead the work or lead the other people to do the work. When leading the work means leading a team, it's pretty pretty crazy, don't you reckon, to think that, you know, we're going to naturally know how to do that, how to lead. I mean, how about you? Where do you lead or attempt to lead in your life? At work? At home? Have you given your kids something to do and then grabbed it back off them in frustration? It's interesting to think about what kind of message that gives them. Anyway, so Lucille, I've decided, is the manager mum, whereas Liza is obviously the leadership mum. Well, the true definition of leadership for me, someone who sat back, was there to support, gave words of encouragement and stayed there until Zaza was up on that branch, stable and ready to close her eyes. Leaders with empathy, the best combination, the combination we all want to work with, we all want to work for and we all want to be. They meet you, you where you're at. They reassure you that they've been there too. They know what it's like. They refrain from judging you. They empathize and tell you they were scared too when they started. And then they walk with you along the path. And it's like the difference of being on a bike for the first time and told to get on with it versus an empathetic person running alongside with words of encouragement, a hand on your back until you finally stop the wobble and soar off on your own. So lead with empathy. That's what I'll be thinking about this week. And I'll leave you this final thought because it's from Bill Ballard and I like it. The highest form of knowledge is empathy. The highest form of knowledge is empathy. My heartfelt thanks for listening all the way to the end of this Flowerhood podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe to the show, like and review it on your favourite player. Be part of the greater Flowerhood community. Join the Flowerhood Facebook group and find show notes and information at flowerhood.com. I can't wait to share the next episode. Until then, hey, why not stop and smell the roses?